The Cincinnati Bengals technically have one more game to play in the 2023 season, but for all intents and purposes, it's over. What did we learn and who are the Bengals playing next year? Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We've been doing this podcast together for a long time now on the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you're new, you can find the show on YouTube if you prefer to watch our faces as we talk or anywhere you get your podcast if you'd rather not watch our faces while we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. We appreciate all of you who make us an everyday listen, everyone who makes us a first listen. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. You can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning money line bet, $5 money line bet on FanDuel right now. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And James, let's talk about what we've learned about the Cincinnati Bengals in 2023. A lot of people want to talk about this team was far away, even if Joe Burrow was healthy. They have serious questions to answer on defense. Some people want to talk about the offensive line. And something that we've known for a long time as we've been thinking about the offseason, at least in the back of our minds, for, for, for a while, are a number of very difficult and interesting decisions for the Cincinnati Bengals to make this offseason that promises to be one of the more interesting offseasons in my Bengals memory, but we'll start with what we learned about this team in 2023 and then what that's revealed as some of the biggest offseason priorities. Well, I, first things first, I think we were reminded just in case anyone needed a reminder and probably not, but how valuable Joe Burrow is. I mean, the, the, the offense runs through him in these big games. Uh, it's in a lot of people are going to talk about the division record. They wouldn't be 0 5 in the AFC North if Burrow didn't get hurt. I'm not saying that's the only reason why they've struggled, but that's part of it. But injuries probably, happen. I just want to throw in a quick note there. Sorry. Joe Burrow was fully healthy for zero of the Bengals' AFC North games this season. Sure. Not that that is a great excuse, but it is a fact. I think they there's a chance they would have been 0 2 regardless, but they would have rallied and I think they would have probably beat Pittsburgh twice, maybe split with Baltimore. And then we obviously have the Cleveland game looming, which if Burrow's healthy and going up against Cleveland backups, I think we know how that would go too. So that said, there's a ton of questions. We know Burrow's going to be the quarterback. We know Orlando Brown Jr. is going to be the left tackle. I think we know who is going to be the right guard and Alex Kappa. So what questions on offense are there? I think it starts a wide receiver, and it's twofold. One, Jamar Chase, eligible for a contract extension. Meanwhile, T. Higgins' contract is up. And so do you tag T? Do you try to re-sign Jonah Williams, who, for my money, has been the most consistent lineman in that room all season long at right tackle and certainly adjusted well to the right tackle spot and has proven this year to be a quality starting right tackle in this league in his first year at right tackle I think that's the, the the major topics on offense. There are other ones, right? We could talk about running back and all of those things. Like, there's plenty of others. But to me, it's right tackle, wide receiver. Can you pay T, extend Chase? What do you do with Jonah? 
those are are the the lingering questions over this offense, the main ones that that will be focused on this offseason. I think tight end, another one you could throw in too, kind of in sure. the running back category is things that you could talk about as well and things that we will talk about this offseason. And it really highlights the depth of the questions and the depth of the 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 amount of starters that the Bengals have to think about this year. Right tackle, a huge question. Do they try to bring back Jonah Williams? Do they play in free agency? Do they go to the draft and just have a very clear need at tackle and make that a first round priority. These are all options at tackle at wide receiver. I think that what we expect at least right now is a franchise tag for T Higgins with an extension possible. I think it's something that both parties are interested in. You see T Higgins coming back into the game, playing through that hamstring yesterday against the chiefs, I guess two days ago, depending on when you're listening to this, tells you about where his heart is, where his his feelings about the team is. And Zach Taylor talked about it after the game, too. The Bengals do have a bit of a unique locker room, and perhaps the T. Higgins-David Mulligetta experience will be different than the Jesse Bates-David Mulligetta being the agent experience. We'll see. They also have to replace Tyler Boyd's slot snaps. Most likely, they need to find a starting tight end, as Irv Smith, who was signed to be the starting tight end, has fallen out of that role. And... There's not really a starting tight end on the team right now. And then we're going to be revisiting the Jonah Williams conversation, the Chase Brown conversation, all these things. So while we know, you know, a Lions portion of the offensive line, Joe Burrow is going to be the quarterback. Jamar Chase is going to be the the number one wide receiver on this team. There are big questions on the offensive side of the ball. And then that doesn't even talk about the money that they might have to spend on defense. And, and that's where the decisions get really interesting is because if you spend money on, say, T. Higgins and Jonah Williams, how does that impact your ability to spend to replace DJ Reader, Shadobe Awuzie, interior defensive line depth, thinking about the things that they need to improve? And, and I think tight end, running back production, things that they could stand to improve, interior defensive line, run defense, explosive plays. Like These are all big topics that we learned about this team. They don't run the ball well right now. They, they don't stop the ball, stop the run well right now. They don't stop explosives well right now. These are all things that they need to find avenues to improve. I think the secondary is set, pretty much. I, I would be surprised if they invested heavily, and I've seen some of this on social media, all oh, cornerback round one. It would surprise me as of now. I'm not saying they will do it, won't do it, and I'm not going to rule anything out because stranger things have happened, but I think it's DJ Turner, it's Cam Taylor Britt, Mike Hilton in a contract year, Dax Hill, Jordan Maddow. I, I think they're going to hope all of those guys continue to develop and take a step forward outside of Hilton, who we know what he is. He's a quality nickel cornerback and still playing at a pretty high level. So I think that's probably your secondary. But man, in the trenches, I, I think the defensive tackle room is going to look and feel much different. Josh Tupo in a contract year. DJ Reader, obviously, contract year. Zach Carter, you kind of know what he is which is someone that's going to probably play out his rookie contract, but I'm not sure he's going to be a super impactful defensive tackle. Not sure. You, you, I'm, I'm being nice. Yeah, it, it's Happy New Year. Come on now. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not going to hit a man while he's down. We're all right. We're all right here. But the point is, is it, it, here, this is actually the example. I think Dax Hill is going to be really darn good. I think DJ Turner is going to be good. I think the Bengals view it that way. Zach Carter is not in that same category. That's what I mean by that. So, like, some of these young guys, they might have left something to be desired on the field, especially late in the season. But 
the trajectory, you could look at it and say, ah, but there's enough potential there to bank on them next year. I don't think they're doing that with any defensive tackle in that room, which means when do you address it? Do they go the free agent route? Maybe, probably. Do they go in the draft? Yeah, but the last time they drafted a defensive tackle in the first round, I was three. It was Big Daddy, all right, in 94. It's been a while. Been a while since Big Daddy. People are like, who the heck is Big Daddy? You look it up. Big Daddy was the last guy that they and he was first overall. And he was good. He didn't uh, live up to the hype. But that's uh that's a heck of an outlier that you're asking. Now it could happen. They drafted a safety in round one a couple of years ago. So it mm-hmm. things change, but we'll we'll see if they go defensive tackle early, like some expect. There are a lot of interior Big Daddy. Line free I just agents. Want to say Big Daddy one more time. Go ahead. I wouldn't be surprised if they get into free agency there. I think they have to get into free agency there. They they can't rely on the draft for that. It's probably a two-prong approach. They need to overhaul that room in a big way. I think BJ Hill is is obviously going to be part of the team next year. Zach Carter should be fighting for a roster spot next year. And and on the topic of corner, I don't know that an early round corner or or a free agent investment at corner would surprise me just to have the depth. That's a position where this team loves to have depth. And we're going to talk about what the snap counts showed us in week 17. Some of these young guys, DJ Turner in particular, seeing their playing time plummet a little bit. I don't know that that necessarily means anything long-term. They're trying to win a single game, but could tell you a little bit about where the Bengals are on some of these guys late in the season. We'll hit that topic coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's it. Win or lose. It doesn't matter what you place it on. You could place it on the NBA. You could place it on the Bengals and Browns. You could place it on any matchup in week 18 and you're going to get a hundred and fifty bucks in bonus bets win or lose and there are so many different ways to wager from live same game parlays you can find bets in the new explore tab with FanDuel you can make a parlay in the parlay hub FanDuel is America's number one sports book for a reason go there now FanDuel.com slash locked on and get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet New customers right now. Get in on the action again. Fandle.com slash locked on. Fandle, official partner of the NFL. Another topic before we get into snap counts that we probably won't dive into too much today is I know a lot of fans are wondering about the coaching staff. There's probably a bigger conversation there. Uh, a I huge think that, conversation. Yeah. Then, then we're going to spend in this particular episode, maybe that one actually does wait until the season is officially over. Agreed. But when we're talking about the off-season priorities, we're we're looking at players today, just in case you're ready to. You've probably already written the comment if you're on YouTube, doing some live commenting. Why are they talking about the coach? Well, we will at some point. Um, let's talk a little bit about these snap count takeaways, James. Yeah, there are some eye-opening revelations when when you look at this, and perhaps some of them should have been expected based on usage of these players on the stretch, but what what stood out to you the most? Well, let's start with DJ Turner. I think there was a question going into that game 
about, all right, how would they use these cornerbacks? And DJ Turner's obviously, he's had an up and down rookie year. I think he was really impressive early. And training camp and early part of the year, it was like, ah, DJ Turner. And then he started to get picked on a little bit. And even when he's on the hip of the, the wide receiver, just can't get to the ball and make a play. And whether that's strength, whether that's size, whatever the case is, I get rolling with Cheeto. I thought Cheeto played relatively well, uh, considering uh, how he had played against the Steelers. Uh, I think he bounced back a little bit against the Chiefs. It's a an easier matchup, I would say, given the state of that Chiefs wide receiver room. But still, the fact that DJ Turner was on the field for just seven snaps, 13% of the defensive snaps, had five special team snaps. And you look at Cheeto, he was on the field for every single defensive snap. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, that surprises me. That's all. I, I don't think it's a, a negative on how they feel about Turner. I, I also think that part of it is he's a veteran. You do trust him, and you know that everything's on the line, so roll with him. And that theme kind of continued on offense as well, and and we can get to that. But, yeah, uh, DJ Turner only playing seven snaps was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I think that that could just be rookie wall-related yeah. issues. I agree with you. I agree that, with that. But – I think that they look at the body of work for DJ Turner and you, you can see pretty clearly where his flaws are. He He's often right there at the catch point and honestly like his ball skills, but the, the size limitations have showed up a little bit for him. And, and I think you give him obviously a chance to make a second year leap. They were very high on him in the draft and, and were eager to make that draft pick in the second round. I don't think that that's changed a ton, but Again, it wouldn't surprise me, not strictly based on the snap count of, of this game, but based on his performance down the stretch where there, there were enough rocky games where maybe there's some question. It wouldn't shock me to see some investment at corner just because they do invest at that position often. And Cheeto probably isn't back unless he chooses to take a, a one-year prove-it deal with the Bengals, which is is possible after the year he's had coming off the injury. Wouldn't rule that out. On the other, on the defensive side of the ball, the other things that stand out: Joseph Osai continues to not play. This at this point is not a surprise, but five snaps for Joseph Osai after there were pretty high expectations for him coming into the season, continues to knock it onto the field behind Miles Murphy, behind Cam Sample. Murphy actually outsnapping Cam Sample this week, but uh, only sixteen to thirteen, which is thirty percent of the defensive snaps to twenty-four percent of the defensive snaps. The backup defensive tackles, nothing too noteworthy there. I, th- I think that's it for the notables on the defensive side of the ball. DJ Turner, Joseph Osai stand out. Nick Scott playing in sub-package roles still would, would be a bit of a surprise at this point if Nick Scott is on the team next year. We'll see if they choose to move on from that contract or not or if they want to have his veteraniness around. But on the offensive side of the ball, James, I know there was – there's actually probably a few, uh, a few things that stand out to you there. Yeah, I, I think the the trend. Let's start with the rookies again, just because I mentioned DJ Turner. The fact that Charlie Jones is not on the offensive snap count list, interesting to me, especially when I look and I see Trent Irwin uh, on the field for thirty seven uh, thirty seven snaps, fifty percent of the snaps. And it's like, okay, well, let's look at Trenton Irwin and, and the stats he put up. And then I look and I see one catch for four yards and he was targeted twice. The other one he was open on, but 
It's not like Irwin had a huge impact. Out snapping, by the way, Andre Yosevash, who got a ton of snaps last week. And and I thought, like, oh, well, maybe Andre is going to to leap over uh Irwin. That didn't happen. He he was not targeted, was Yosevash. So kind of unique there where you, you see these two rookies and these receivers. I thought they were coming along pretty well. And Yosevash, his snaps dip. Now T's back and, and Jamar's back. Like, you know, T played um and came back into that game. It's not like they were down one of their big weapons the entire game, but at the same time, it was like, okay, well, maybe Yoshi's going to take a step here and, and play. And instead, Irwin looked like that that fourth receiver still and got those uh, that amount of snaps. But uh, I think that needs to change against Cleveland, by the way, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. But Charlie Jones needs a bunch of snaps this week. So Charlie Jones just not playing on offense all year, really. His season high in snaps was week 16 against Pittsburgh at seven. So not playing. Crazy on offense this year doesn't have the coach's trust it would seem but at Real the same quick. time I, I think i agree with you you got to get him on the field against cleveland yeah it, it, and it's unfortunate because like chase brown i think we've seen enough to where he can be a part of the bengals backfield in 2024 with the, the offseason question about tyler boyd free agent mm-hmm. are we sure charlie jones can be the slot receiver like we don't know that and i don't think we're gonna know that based on what he does against cleveland's backups even if he has yeah three touchdowns and 10 catches. So that, that sucks that you, you haven't learned that or figure that out over the past month. And uh, since he's come back. And I kind of understand why they're, they're still in a playoff race. They're trying everything they can to try to win the last two weeks. Not that Charlie Jones can't help you win. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, if you're a coach in that situation, you want to go with the guys you have seen in that spot before. I get that the guys that are more, up to date, more adjusted to the NFL because clearly they think Andre Yosevash is more adjusted to the NFL than Charlie Jones on offense right now. I get that. The other thing that stood out to me on offense is the heavy use of tight ends against the Chiefs. And I think a lot of this is that Jamar Chase is playing through an injury and T. Higgins gets hurt, is playing through an injury, but a lot of two tight end use. Drew Sample on the field for 72% of the offensive snaps, 53 snaps for Sample which is a lot on its own, but then Tanner Hudson also had 46% of the offensive snaps at 34, and Mitch Wilcox had another 19. So you add all that together, that's a lot of two tight end sets, and that was obvious. They were doing split back protection with tight ends again. They had Wilcox and Sample on the field together for a lot of those running plays. And uh, the, the last thing that is really interesting to me on the offensive side of the ball is Chase Brown, Travion Williams, about equal this week, which... Nope. I, I don't really. I don't know. Dumb. Uh, I thought. I thought. I'll say it. Dumb. I thought we were at the point with Chase Brown where he was the clear second guy, but dumb. Travion Williams getting some passing down snaps, I guess. Dumb. Uh, sorry. I know that's annoying, but it is. It's so. I mean, eleven snaps only for Chase Brown, and I, I know you mentioned it with Irv Smith, but he was active this week. Mm-hmm. and didn't get on the field so not even for special teams which like why are we using why that? is he active uh, yeah yeah i don't i don't know really really unique there i guess because they're playing so many tight end they knew they were gonna go heavy you, you want that fourth tight end up but uh certainly interesting yeah i thought you had more to say anyways no. up next we know who the Bengals are playing in 2024 we will tell you who they're playing next 
Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports the way it should be. What do I mean by that? Well, it's you versus the projections. No pros, no sharks, no thousands of other players that you have to beat. No, no, no. All you do is pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. So maybe you think Jake Browning is going to throw for more passing yards than Prize Picks projects against the Cleveland Browns or Jamar Chase. Chase is going to have more receiving yards than Prize Picks projects against Cleveland in the season finale on Sunday. Well, you get the Prize Picks right now. You download that app. You put those two projections in, and you go more than, and boom, you can earn up to twenty-five times your money. And it's not just Jamar Chase. It's not just Bengals. You could go Josh Allen. You could go Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes. Whoever you want to use, including NBA, you can do that with Prize Picks. So go there now at PrizePicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, PrizePicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Fourth place schedule. That changes all of three things. On the Bengals schedule, the, the opponents that were in question for 2024 were the Bengals opponent in the AFC East, the NFC South, and the AFC South. The Bengals locking in that last place finish in the AFC North, which feels a little bit weird to say, means that they play a last place schedule. That means in the AFC East, they get the, the New England Patriots. That game will be at Paycor Stadium. Their other two last-place scheduled games on the road at Carolina in the NFC South, the last-place team in the NFC South, and at Tennessee. Again, because Tennessee happens to be the last-place team in the AFC South. So those are the variables that we did not know on the 2024 Cincinnati Bengals schedule. All of these part of normal schedule rotations. They also play the AFC West Next year, as part of the three-year rotation for AFC divisions, they play the NFC East. Next year, in 2024, as part of the four-year rotation, of course, home and road games against the AFC North. Yeah, I, I always look at the, the road trips, and obviously the AFC North, we're used to that. I guess we just got to get used to going to Kansas City and Tennessee. And I know Nashville is an easy trip for Bengals fans and they love it, but man, it just seems like every year now it's, it's Kansas city and Tennessee, but Los Angeles with the chargers. That's fun. New York with the giants. That's fun. Carolina could be a fun road trip as well, depending on when it hits. And uh, Dallas is, is another one where uh, anytime it, it's Dallas, I feel like that's a, a fun one. So it's some fun road trips in there. I, I wish, um, I don't know, maybe, Vegas would would have been nice, and I know that they uh, they played a few years ago, but it would be nice if that one was on the road too. Yeah, I, I never look at it from a fun perspective. I think that is a valid perspective to to look at it for fans traveling in, and of course for you being in the media, James. But I look at it from a from a difficulty perspective more often than not, and this far out, really hard to project. Yeah, difficulty. I mean, will Tennessee but, be good or New York be good? I don't know. The Chargers could be good, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, the, the Chargers are going to have a new coach. Who knows what happens there? Justin Herbert's a good quarterback. If they can get things right around him, the Chargers are probably good. Kansas City on the road again, which, uh, by the way, could happen in 2025 as well. The Bengals are slated to play whoever they're 
place equal in the AFC West is on the road in 2025. So if the Bengals and Chiefs finish in first place or both finish in second place, it's on the road again. Or the Raiders. The Raiders finish first. There you go. In Vegas. Vegas. I don't even like Vegas that much, to be honest with you, just to be clear to everybody. But uh, wouldn't be a bad road trip. Kansas City is the least distance traveled for the team in the AFC West. So there's that. Uh, the Bengals also traveling to Carolina and Tennessee. There's no way that they can play Tennessee on the road again in 2025. The AFC South opponent for the Bengals in 2025 will be at home. Yeah, baby. So you got that. Uh, the Bengals in their NFC East matchups do get Philly at home. Philly will probably be good again. They, they're in the we're going to be a good team every year cycle of team building and the Washington Commanders at home. Most of the teams they play at home in those variable games are, are not the good teams, at least this year in their division. Denver, Vegas, Washington, New England. Yep. Not very good. And those are the those are the games this year. Those are the games the Bengals get at home. So seems like the road schedule is going to be pretty tough next year with Kansas City, potentially Los Angeles. The Bengals haven't won in Dallas in how long? Ever? 2024. That's what. Yeah. How about we know what the schedule is. Hey, hey, clip this Bengals fans and remember it when they beat Dallas next year. Yeah, we'll have to revisit this moment. Any other big schedule taker? Not schedule. We don't know the, the sequence of events, but uh, opponent takeaways? No. No, I, I think the, there's one, the AFC North can be become, and I think Jay Morrison had this, first division in like 8,000 decades mm-hmm. to all finish above 500 if the Bengals beat the Browns this week. But to get the last place schedule and last place opponents, hey, if you weren't going to make the playoffs, I'd rather that than second or third place and not make the playoffs. And that'll be a lot of teams that win eight games. So there is a a blessing, I guess, to being in in the best division in football. I think the draft pick range, in in case you're curious about that, I think they're currently slotted to pick 16th. If you're thinking about what does does winning do this week to their draft pick, I, I think it's really hard for them to go higher in the draft order just because of tiebreakers. The tiebreakers for draft order are not going to go their way to putting them at a higher pick. They can't go much lower either. I think there is a little bit of variability there. I think it's 13 to 18 is is the realm of outcomes for for where the Bengals draft pick could be. 13 sounds great to me. Not going to lie to you. I, I pushed off draft talk when, mm-hmm. when Burrow got hurt and everyone wanted to talk. They're eliminated now. 13 sounds amazing. So what does that mean? Go New Orleans, go Denver, go Seattle. You're right. They're 16th. Um, Houston. Uh, Houston's pick is the Cardinals at 17. So you want Houston to win. Go Pittsburgh. Oh, you guys win. Bengals can move on up. 13th sounds great. Lucky 13. And varying degrees of motivation for those teams, with many of them being eliminated from the playoffs like the Bengals, but some of them still with uh, something to play for in terms of playoff possibilities. So we will be watching, of course, for for where the draft pick falls. We'll be watching to see how the Bengals approach the last week of the season. Zach Taylor saying that the fans deserve their best for a home finale, despite being eliminated from playoff contention. And like we talked about earlier, some of those questions, you can at least get some tape on guys like Charlie Jones. You can at least get some more tape on Chase Brown. You can 
take an approach to this last week in finding out what you have in some spots? Because are you really pushing Jamar Chase's shoulder? I mean, I guess Jamar Chase can make that decision. Is T. Higgins going to play coming off a hamstring injury in a game that doesn't have playoff implications? We'll find out a little bit more over the course of the week. We don't know yet on those questions here on Monday as we record. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. One more week of regular season action. Some off-season talk starting to percolate in the upcoming episode folder, James. We'll get to those topics here in the pretty near future as well. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.